We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thud, 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 thud. <laughs> Boomerang. Boom. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Hour number two of the show, live from the Ak Chin Community Studios. I'm refraining from any sort of countdown to the game tonight. Just know, Suns T-Wolves, Kevin Durant is uh, supposed to make his home debut. And just in general, has returned to the lineup uh, tonight for the Phoenix Suns. In a big game against Minnesota, who currently is the cutoff to uh, to being in the playoffs or the play-in. We're going to jump over to football here for a second, but we got, we're going to talk to K Ray in a little bit. We're going to get a lot of Suns coverage coming up. Well, if I'm looking at this, and this isn't even exactly where we're going to go, I know I teased DeAndre Hopkins for a second, but I was looking at Pro Football Focus during the break. They have a story where they go through each player that's up for their uh, fifth year option to be exercised, and they yeah. make a prediction on each one if it's oh, going to happen or not. Okay. So, uh, like, you know, for example, they predict that uh, the Bengals are going to exercise the fifth year option on Joe Burrow. Okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah, okay, that's stunning. <laughs> but they did they did it for every first-round pick, so, I mean, I okay. guess, I guess sense, you got to be consistent. For uh, pick number eight, the Arizona Cardinals, Isaiah Simmons, that fifth-year option amount would be $12.722 million, and they predict decline. Wow. Their reasoning okay. is interesting of um, Arizona already has a lot invested in Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, and they used a first-round pick on another linebacker the next year, and Zayvon Collins, so maybe they want to use that money elsewhere. That, I don't like. That (laughs) is really, really interesting right there, because I, I wonder if they're thinking, okay, he's playing safety. That's what he's doing. He's playing safety, and that's why they mentioned Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. I think... You might be right. I just kind of read it as they already have a lot invested in their defense and then proceeded to use a first-round pick on another linebacker the next year. And it also says perhaps the team would be better served investing resources elsewhere on a roster that needs a a ton of help. Yeah. Which is true, but I want to keep my good players that I drafted if they're good. Yeah, especially if he's going to be playing on the edge. Especially if that is going to be the case right there. Okay, well, you know, it's it's not a shock. It's not a surprise. I I believe the same thing. I I, I was talking about this the last couple days, as a matter of fact. You could write a story like this. I'm just saying. Wolf football focus. I would say, hey, listen, um, I would explain to Isaiah exactly what it is that we're thinking. we got a brand new scheme here, brand new coaching staff. Have no idea if he's going to fit. Are you going to be okay if we stick you on the edge? How are you going to feel about that? You just play the edge. That's where we're going to start. I mean, there's a lot of things that have to be... Um, answered a lot of questions that have to be answered, a lot of boxes that need to be checked. You just can't say, Isaiah, yeah, we're going to pick it up. You're going, no, you can't. You've got to be responsible. And I want to see them challenge Isaiah Simmons. Me personally. I want to see how Isaiah responds to a challenge. Hey, you know what? Uh, We don't know. Show us what you're going to do. I don't care how they get there. I just want Isaiah Simmons on this team in two years. You talked to me about this a couple weeks ago. I was like, this feels like you need... I don't even know why you're thinking about it. Exercise the fifth-year option. You've got me to kind of come around on it doesn't have to be done that way, but Isaiah Simmons better be on the Cardinals in two years. Or, like you said, they challenged him and he went out there and couldn't answer. But if he answers the bell... 
I'm telling you, man, Yo. if, if Isaiah Simmons is answering the bell for a different team in two years, that is a colossal failure because then you're not learning from past mistakes. Well, you're making it sound as though you think it's going to be a slam dunk with Isaiah Simmons that he is going to respond and he's going to go out there and he's going to post big numbers. And I don't know about that. Well, if he doesn't post big numbers, you don't have to pay him as I, much I, or you don't have to keep him. But if he does, all I'm saying is it's a colossal failure if he blows up on another team the way Hassan Reddick just yes, did. Yes, it is you, a colossal you failure. get a little bit of a pass with Reddick. If it happens again two years, three years later, <laughs> you don't yeah. get a pass. And you can't just go with the, well, you know, and the different G- GM drafted him. I don't care who drafted him. He's on your team right now. So if you take him and you stick him on the edge, hypothetically speaking, and he goes out there and he flashes every now and then, but he's he's got six sacks on the season. What do you, what are you what are you going to do? I think we'll know better based on the eye test. So it's hard to answer a hypothetical question like that. Yeah, exactly. But we're talking about a hypothetical situation right now. I I think by the end of next season, uh, I think this answers your question. We're all going to kind of know, like, yeah, I want this guy on the team again the following year. I I don't think it's going to be by the end of next season. I think it's going to be by at least the the first five, six, seven games. Okay, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Because he already has flashed. I it's think just we'll he's not know. doing it consistently. Right. I think we'll know at that point in time as to whether or not they're going to pursue him, want to sign him to an extension, or if he's going to bet on himself, whatever it may be. I, I I see your point, and I and I totally agree. You have to get ready to pay him. You have to have the expectation that he's going to do really, really well. He's going to do really well. Jonathan Gannon and the staff is going to be able to reach him, and he's going to do well, and you better be ready to pay him. I'm with you on that. But right now, I want the onus on Isaiah Simmons. That's fair. I want Isaiah Simmons to say, give it to me. Watch this. Oh, you you want to see me do it? You want to see me do it with consistency? Watch this. But it's going to cost you money to put the onus on Isaiah Simmons in the long run. That's yeah, but right now, which I'm fine with. I'm just saying they need to know that if if you put the onus on Isaiah Simmons and he delivers, it's going to cost you. Yeah, but you've got to define delivering once again. Yeah, you you have to. You want to see consistency out of Isaiah Simmons. Well, if you tell me he has six sacks and three of them come in week one and three of them come <laughs> in week twelve, then that's not. <laughs> there's there's other things he needs to do. I I want to get to this real quick because this is what we teased. Tim Graham. Covers the uh, the bills for the athletic. Okay, this is his tweet from yesterday. Yeah, barring a significant development, and I just want you to read into this, Wolf. That's not part of the tweet. Let me start over. Barring a significant development, the Bills are not trading for DeAndre Hopkins. Wow, barring a significant development, they're not trading. So let's work this out. Who wants that out there? Because I don't think Tim Graham's just sitting around thinking, hey, this will be a a good tweet. I'm going to write this. (laughs) So it's obviously based on something. Who wants that out there? Well, I I, I can't imagine that like the Cardinals want that out there. I don't think the Chiefs would want that out there. Who wants to get that message out there? I'm just wondering right now, um, Bill's Mafia, just go ahead and add me at Wolf987. All of you. Just go ahead and do it, Bill's Mafia. Put down that that folding table you're about to break. There's a boy that was from Orchard Park and is from Orchard Park, New York. Go ahead and at me right now. How do, how do you feel about acquiring D-Hop? Where, where are you on that? Because you, you have to ask, this is PR stuff right here. This is draft subterfuge. This, this is, 
you know what? We we don't want to give draft picks up to you. We don't want to do it. We want D Hop, but we're not going to let you know we want D Hop. Yeah, what's the we're logic just, there? We, I, we want Hopkins, but we don't have to give you anything for him. Exactly. Oh, okay. Well, then here you can have him. I never looked at it that way. It's just what is going on with this. I, I was talking about this yesterday. As a matter of fact, that you're you're going to make the you're going to make the Arizona Cardinals think we're out of this. That's it. Don't you dare call us either, Monty Asenford. Don't you call us. We're out of this. This is where I, this is <laughs> where I wouldn't I mean? be a great I mean, GM. Because then if I were the I GM, it. I'd be like, I'm trading him to the Chiefs no matter what they offer me, just to prove a point. <laughs> I got a six-rounder. You know, sometimes this is what they say. They want people to say that. We're, we're done. We're, we're, it's over. Don't call me unless you mean it. <laughs> okay, don't call me unless you mean it. Don't waste my time. And oh, by the way, do the do the Cardinals have the circumference to on draft day have those phones wide open for uh, any phone call? I mean, you've got to think because they, that's times the on their side here. Like you, you don't have to trade DeAndre Hopkins by any certain point if you're the Cardinals. If you're Brandon Bean in the Buffalo Bills, you want this to be done. Yes. You want you want this to be over now. That's why I think you times just don't on the Cardinals give side. Up. You don't want to give up what the Cardinals are asking, but you want it to be over because you want plans going into the draft. And sometimes you, you, you have to say they're going to break. They're going to fold. The Cardinals are going to fold. They're going to come off this thing. They, okay, release this story that says we're done. We're out of this right now. And we'll see what, if I get any calls from Monty after this, right? This is how you play the game. It is a dance space in Onions. It is draft subterfuge in the pressure point of the NFL draft. All right, uh, Kevin Ray is waiting. It's a day of Kevin's, Wolf. So when we come back, we will talk to K. Ray, Bally Sports. It's game day with K. Ray, Suns, T-Wolves tonight. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons, game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. Well, I think by this point in the season, you know who's entering music this is. Kevin Ray of oh, Valley yeah. Sports joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. It's game day with K Ray. What a game day it is, K Ray. How's it going? Ah, it's a wonderful Wednesday, boys. Yeah, you know what? It is a wonderful Wednesday. Did you hear Luke talking about Wednesday and how prominent Wednesday has been in the life of Kevin Durant since he's become a son? Did you hear him talking about this, Kay? Uh, I did not. You just whipped hey, this hey. off oh, to him. Well, just tell I, Kevin. I would assume Kay Ray knows. You got to hear okay, this, so, Kay. So, Kay, they, they traded for Kevin Durant on a Wednesday. He right. made his son's debut on a Wednesday. He was supposed to make his son's home debut on a Wednesday, and now tonight he's making his son's home <laughs> debut on a Wednesday. So that's four different Wednesdays. It's only been here for okay, seven that's, weeks. That's an, I mean, that. I was shocked when I heard that. Did you know that? So you're telling me there's something uh, in the stars in the mojo about Wednesday for for Kevin? Okay, I'm yes. I'm, I'm here for it. Okay, I'm so. telling you we're looking for anything because we just want to see Kevin Durant play. Right, basketball. exactly. So, okay, when you hear that, I mean, what do you expect to see from Kevin Durant tonight? I mean, look, it's it's hard not to expect kind of a 
you know, and I and I say this kind of you know half joking in the body of work that we get to see him play in, but I expect to see a kind of typical Kevin Durant kind of performance. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed that there wasn't a whole lot of rust when he joined the Suns the first time around, and I think it's been clear based on a few of the people that I've been talking to. His workouts have gone extremely well. Um, and so I, you know, I just feel like as quickly and easily as he fit in those first few games, I don't see a whole lot of difference here tonight. Granted, it's a different opponent and, and a team that's playing very well. But as it relates specifically to Kevin Durant, I, I don't expect him to really miss a beat, guys. Okay, we were talking about this yesterday because I'm fascinated by the idea of, of how different this season is from last season because last season was fun until the end, and then it just wasn't. So I, I'm looking for differences. They said at the start of this year that they wanted to be ramping up and, and playing their best basketball going into the playoffs, and they absolutely have a chance to do that here. How big do you think these final seven games are? Well, look, they're they're big for a, a number of reasons. Um you know, let's let's kind of hold our collective breath and knock on wood, whatever other little lucky, you know, charms that, that people believe in, um, that everybody in these next seven games can stay healthy because it will hopefully afford, you know, Coach Monty Williams and his staff to get a sense of, you know, uh, the, the rotation and who is going to be on the floor uh, when, say, you know, KD stays out there. Because I, I think that he, Monty, has made it pretty clear moving forward there will be, you know, save for a, either a big lead or a big deficit, that there's always going to be a starter on the floor. Um, and that's just kind of the way that they will approach the playoffs. So I, I don't see them changing that now. But, yeah, who who are going to be the guys on the floor with Kevin? And this will afford Monty and the coaching staff an opportunity to, to look at that rotation. How many minutes uh, do they go with that group? So that, that becomes a significant part of it for me. You know, the last three games, as you well know, Kay, the bench has scored 178 points. <laughs> That just blew my mind when I saw that. 178 points the bench has scored. Of those points being scored and the people that scored those points, are there a couple of names that you feel confident will actually be in those nine and a half uh, roster spots and depth chart that Monty Williams was talking about going into the playoffs? Yeah, look, I mean, I think you've got to feel pretty confident in, uh, you know, a guy who two weeks ago everybody was like, so why did we trade for T.J. Warren? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think T.J. has, has you know, found some rhythm, um, found a place in our rotation, and, you know, we've seen Terrence Ross, I mean, last three games, he's averaging 19 points per game. Um, and, and he has given us not just kind of that steady score, but as we've seen a few times already, guys, he can break out the flamethrower and that's something the Suns and we know whether it's Phoenix or whomever, a, a bench player 
for a team that that runs to the championship yeah. always has the ability to erupt and explode. You look at Jordan Poole, what he did for Golden State last year. Um, and, and I see something similar with Terrence Ross. I mean, he, you've got a guy who is capable of putting 30, 35 on your head on any given night. And so those are the two guys uh, that, that I see as being pretty steady contributors. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, it is game day with K-Ray. Uh, K-Monty Williams said something the other day that, that made me think of this, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Last year's team, I know they faced some adversity over the course of the season, but for the most part, the 82 games were, were pretty smooth sailing, even when they had injuries. And then when they faced adversity, real adversity didn't come till the playoffs, and then they crumbled in that Dallas series. They faced a lot of adversity this season. Do you think that helps them at all when the playoffs start here in a couple weeks? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, that helps. And I think the, you know, as I like to call it, the, the scar tissue, uh, unfortunately, from the last couple of years helps. Um, and more specifically, I guess, for the guys who are still, you know, on this roster from the, the last couple of playoff runs. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt that this team has has been peppered with pretty much everything from, you know, the injuries to, you know, the the stop-start play and inconsistency. And they've been hit with a, a barrage of, you know, hard and challenging questions. And so I do think that it has toughened them up and, and prepared them. And then you throw in a guy like a Kevin Durant on top of that, um, and it can only make you stronger and better as a collective. Okay, what about DeAndre Ayton? As you look at DeAndre Ayton, what kind of season do you think that DA has had? Well, you know, when you look specifically at the numbers, Wolf, it's, you know, he's averaging another double-double, 18 points, 10 rebounds, and there's, you know, there's there's times where you go, DA is, you know, is playing like a max player. But I think that if we're all being honest here, um, and DA hopefully too, it, it has not been a season of consistency. But that being said, in some ways, his season has resembled the rest of this team's season yeah. for the most part. I mean, outside of Devin Booker, um, but you you look, you know, Book and Chris Paul both missed, you know, significant stretches of, of playing time. So you kind of chalk that up in terms of their productivity to that. With DA, we've seen him play like a beast, you know, get Western Conference Player of the Week. But we've also seen him kind of revert back to, you know, to some of those same scenarios where he tends to kind of float in and out of the game and it doesn't bring the force and physicality and ferocity that, you know, is is required to win an NBA championship mm-hmm. and, you know, head-scratching moments at times. So, um, you know, it, it would be, I, I guess if you're giving him a grade, it would have to be incomplete. Yeah. K-Ray, great stuff as always, man. Thank you for the time. We're looking forward to it tonight. You got it, boys. Have a good one. Okay, brother. That's Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. And text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back as the Suns bench turning a corner campaign weighed in. We'll get you his thoughts next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. 
the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Welcome back to the show on this Wednesday morning. It is Wolf and Luke. Kevin Durant expected to make his son's home debut tonight and his return to the lineup. He's only played three games since January 8th. Now, a lot of that time, obviously, was with Brooklyn Wolf. But three games since January 8th. And the last time I checked, which was right now, it's March 29th. Yeah. Yeah. We all know this, Luke. No, I'm just, yeah. That's great. I, I love the fact you're you're updating us all. Um, you've already made so many salient points. You might as well just drop the mic and walk away. See, this is you think driving a show is more difficult than it is. Yeah. And by the way, we can let the audience in on our plan, right? <laughs> okay, for for yeah. next Monday. Yeah. Because Maloney's not listening. Maloney's right. off like traveling the world. Right. We're just gonna have Wolf drive to start the show when when Maloney okay. comes back. You're gonna want to listen to that to Monday, of course, coming up at this Monday. Of yeah. Course. We got to play it off like this is the way it's. Been is, the whole is this time the she's third gone. week she's gone. I, I lost that, count. You know what? Three. Honestly, you, do you believe that? Based on these people, just take three weeks off nowadays. <laughs> yes, you're it's, one that's it's off. On, what? <laughs> Are you saying three just... isn't only three? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? So anyway, we're doing that. Um, on okay, Monday. we're going to do that on Monday. We'll start the show on Monday. This is just between us. We'll start the show where I'm driving. Yeah. You might want to listen to that at We're, 10 o'clock. How long do you think you can carry that on before it, I you, think, you crack? I, I think, honestly, uh, I'll give you a good 64 seconds, okay. 65, somewhere <laughs> in there, before I start curling up on the couch like Wayne. <laughs> or Garth, actually. It was Garth who was curling was up. Yeah, it was Garth. <laughs> We're gonna just we're gonna try and do as many Google things. It, my young drugs, Wayne and Garth, Google it. As many things differently on Monday when Maloney comes back as we can to convince her that this is the way we've been doing it and the show has changed dramatically. Yes, that's the yeah, plan. Oh, sorry, Mel. While you were gone, we yeah. actually made some changes. <laughs> it just gradually happened over hey, all the, by the way, years. Taste it, and then you're gonna leave for three weeks, and we're gonna do the same thing to you, and you're gonna be like, "Hey, how'd you come up with this?" So campaign was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday and campaign's one of the guys on the bench that you're like, okay, if campaign gets it going, you feel a lot better about the season. It's not as big of a deal as Kevin Durant coming back and being healthy. I understand that. But when you're starting to get deeper into the playoffs and you're talking about trying to find any weaknesses the Suns might have, one of them, as has been exposed in the past, is if Chris Paul, for whatever reason, is worn down or injured or sick or whatever in the playoffs, who's stepping in behind him? Yeah. It's a little more complicated than just saying, oh, that'll be campaign because KD can bring the ball up the floor. Devin Booker obviously can't do it. Like, they have ways to cover it a little bit, but you need campaign to be Josh Akogi. Josh Akogi likes to he's do been, everything. He's been doing it as well. No, you're right about that. But honestly, right now, and we've talked about this from time to time, but brothers, I know you probably feel exactly the same way. Campaign. Campaign may hold the key to the Suns bench playing well in the postseason. Campaign. As a matter of fact, the way it's looking right now, and knowing that Chris Paul and the history of Chris Paul in the postseason, and the way things have gone for CP3 for whatever reason, um, much of it not to do with himself just getting hurt at the wrong point in the wrong part of the season, Campaign is... He's the pass apart too. Well, it sounds crazy on the surface, but then you look at what they have. And look, you can't replace Kevin Durant or Devin Booker, but you can 
you can replace, like you have options in terms of just the idea of, hey, DA's in foul trouble. Okay, we'll throw Bismack and Jock Landale in. Yes. Okay, well, you know, we need we need somebody, we need a wing, or we need somebody to come in and show, okay, well, we have TJ Warren or Terrence Ross or Landry Sham. Like you have all these, you have multiple options yes. at the other spots. Okay, we need a point guard. Campaign? <laughs> like that's that's pretty much it. So, yeah. yeah, he is pretty important. He he is, and there's one guy that is fascinating as well, and that is campaign. <laughs> campaign, it's almost like the good camp, bad camp sometimes. Um, and everything that he brings to the floor, one of them is his intensity. One of them, it's the, the raw athleticism and the speed that he brings to the floor, and that is such a positive for the Sun so much of the time. And it makes him a lot different than than Chris Paul and how CP3 goes about his business with the ball, right? Campaign is a different animal, so to speak. CP3 is about as deliberate as it gets. Yeah. Campaign looks like he's been living in a cage for three days and you let him out. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's so good for the Phoenix Suns. But at the same time, it can be problematic. And we all know why. Well, here's Campaign, who was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday, talking about uh, just his role on this team, and and he said flat out, playoff minutes not guaranteed. No, not really. Uh, I mean, we 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 got so many guys that we can throw out there. I feel like it's just gonna be up in the air, man. I feel like we're we're so talented. Um, I feel like you know we can we can go big, we can go small. So I feel like it'll it'll change depending on who we're playing. Uh, but the type of guys we got, man, even myself, like anything any, anything for us to win a championship. That's what it's all about. So if it is getting more minutes or taking less minutes, man, it, it's all about winning winning that championship and bringing that championship home. So whatever whatever we got to do um, to find ways to win, man, we all for it. I want to get this one in here too before the break, Wolf, because I know you're gonna like this. This one, because it's something you've been talking about, and something Monty Williams and Chris Paul have been talking about too—the importance of defense. We're just starting to find a little groove. Uh, just starting to find, you know, uh, where we thrive. Um, uh, T. Ross and 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 T.J. been playing tremendous. Uh, they've been knocking down shots. But honestly, man, it's our defense in the second unit. Uh, we've been kind of being able to push the pace. Um, yesterday uh, with Utah, we, we knew we had to force force them to miss shots so we can push the pace so they couldn't set up that zone. And uh, we kind of took a big-time lead in the second half and uh, kept our guys on that bench, man. Anytime we could do that, man. But on the flip side, man, it's, it's, it's cool for us to be out there even even longer against synergy um, and just, man, figuring out each other's tendencies. Over the next seven games right now, if there's one guy, and I know that we're all looking at Kevin Durant, of course, and rightfully so, and we will be watching him, and the impact he might have on a DeAndre Ayton as well. But for me, right now, coming off the bench, it is campaign. I just cannot wait to see campaign. I want to see him embrace the responsibility of being that backup point guard. I want to see him embrace the responsibility of saying, Cam, we need you. We need you to be campaign and all of that goodness. I want to see the confidence of campaign over the next seven games really start brimming and bristling. We'll see. Uh, The Phoenix Rising season kicks off this Saturday against San Diego Loyal SC, and we are giving you the chance to win tickets. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for details and your chance to win. When we come back, opening day is tomorrow. What's your expectation level for the Arizona Diamondbacks? Their vice president and assistant GM, Mike Fitzgerald, is going to join us next to talk some baseball. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. (laughs) 
The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. Arizona sports, the local sports leader. Diamondbacks front office focus with Wolf and Luke. It feels like baseball season outside. It's funny, when we were walking out of here yesterday and Gambo was walking in, we both looked at each other and we're like, it's, it's time for baseball. Like, Let's get going here. And it starts tomorrow, opening day, D-backs, Dodgers. I made the point earlier, D-backs play the Dodgers eight times in the first ten games and then only five times after April 9th all season. So we'll see how that works out. Their, um, their vice president and assistant GM, Mike Fitzgerald, is joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Mike, Thank you for the time. I would imagine uh, this time of year you're probably just as excited as the rest of us, right? For sure, for sure. Um, spring's always, you know, the beginning of spring is great. You get to see everybody get together again and uh, and then start preparation for when the games start counting for Rio. And, and then there's always that point in spring where people are starting to get the itch for those uh, the competitive games to, to really dial up a little bit and and have the tallies going into the winter loss column to start to actually have an impact on, on where you're going to end up at the end of the year. So, yes, definitely excited to get the season underway. And uh, like you said, we, we kick it off with, with a few games against the Dodgers right away, and uh, we're going we're gonna to be battle-tested early and, and get a feel for where we stand and just continue to take it one day at a time and, as cliche as it sounds, see where that can get us. You know, for me, Mike, you're a talent evaluator. This is what you do, and there's so much talent that you guys have, but it's young talent right now. So having said that, what are your expectations? Do you allow yourself any expectations for this team going into the season? Honestly, and again, it sounds cliche, we're trying to avoid that. Uh, I think you can kind of get into trouble with that. And we want to give these young guys a chance to cut their teeth. We want to have a lot of the veterans on this group also continue to take strides forward. I think there's been encouraging signs throughout spring of the the gelling between those two groups. It's it's not a fractured clubhouse where you kind of get the vets looking around saying, "Oh no, we we get these kids coming." You know, this is supposed to be our team. Uh, there, there's a lot of welcoming of the young kids and understanding that for this team to be as successful as it can be and, and what that means, nobody really knows. And anything would just be a guess anyway. So, so rather than focused on what it could be, uh, there, there's a lot more attention to what it is today and, and how a lot of this youth can come up and help us. And, and the, the vets on the team are open to that. The young kids are excited to get a chance to cut their teeth and, and see how they can contribute. And it's, it's encouraging to see how the, the 26 guys, you know, plus, you know, even the injured guys that are around the group um, are coming together and, and hoping to put this team in the best possible spot. Mike Fitzgerald is our guest right now. Uh, Mike, one of the, the young players that is flying under the radar, maybe a little bit. I don't think the D-backs fans, though, is, is Gabriel Moreno, who you guys got back in the Dalton Varsho trade. Uh, you know, he's, he's still only 23 years old. He's only played in 25 games. He did not disappoint in his spring at bats. I, I know you guys had, had, you know, big plans for him anyway when you brought him in, but with the Carson Kelly injury, um, do you think he is ready to step into a more prominent role? Yeah, we'll find out. Um, we are super confident in the talent and the person that Gabriel is. And it's also nice to know that Carson's going to be able to be around him and spend some time through this injury. Um, and he's going to have another catcher with him and Jose Herrera, who's had experience with his staff before, too. Um, so, yeah, we were obviously uh, very bullish on what kind of player we think he could be. Uh, the timeline of that gets accelerated, as is the nature of this game, with various injuries that pop up. Um, but we feel like he's got a good system around him 
to allow him to hit the ground running. And he's got a group of pitchers that are also fairly confident in their abilities and, and open to communicating effectively and, and openly with their battery mates. And so we're uh, we're we're optimistic that he's going to be able to, to just fine, even though maybe the uh, the rate at which he's going to have his playing time dialed up was a little different than what we would have thought a couple weeks ago. So a lot of people talking about Cattell Marte, of course, and the impact he could have if he actually returns to what he did a couple of seasons ago. What have you seen from Cattell Marte this spring? Yeah, um, obviously we've seen the upside and what that 2019 season can look like where I believe he finished fourth in the MVP voting. So, so everybody sees that in there. Um, and I think he's done a lot of work in the offseason to put himself in a better, you know, as good of a position physically. Uh, to ensure that not only he can stay healthy, but also can be the plus defender at second that we've seen flashes of, but not uh, consistently shown up in the, in the more recent years. I think what we've seen so far in spring, uh, he's looking a lot more like that above average defender at second base, which is only going to help the team even more. Um, again, we've, the, the 2019 season offensively, everybody would be doing jumping jacks if, if we get that level again. Um, but the, uh, the kind of under the radar contributions that he made to the team back then as well were on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, I think we're excited that he's going to be a significant uh, two-way contributor for us this year. And hopefully, you know, with some of the other guys taking steps forward, there's less of a burden to just have the microscope ball and, oh, man, this, this, this team's going to go as Cattell goes. Um, we, we get some other guys that hopefully can pick up some of that slack and, and allow Cattell to go out and have a, a great year for us um, without needing to carry us. Mike uh, Mike Fitzgerald joining us right now, D-backs vice president and assistant GM. Mike, uh, another guy that's maybe a little under the radar. He went out and got Kyle Lewis. The guy won AL Rookie of the Year not that long ago in 2020. He definitely flashed during the the, the spring. Now you have a loaded outfield, but in a in a perfect world, what uh, what do you see from Kyle Lewis this year? For sure, um, yeah. The, the the contact he made this spring was loud. It was consistently loud, um, and so that's exciting. And I think we we have talent in the outfield. We, we've talked about this last year. We talked about it, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, same thing, kind of with the rotation depth. It's never a, a bad thing to have uh, talent in these areas because, as we saw with the Carson Kelly situation, uh, random unforeseen things pop up. So you want to make sure that we can adapt and, and continue to move forward as a team. Um, I think even with the outfield spots, depending on the different matchups guys are going to have uh, with the DH spot as well, there's, there's going to be plenty of at-bats to go around. And I, I think one of the things that Tori's done a really good job getting the guys to buy into and understand is we, we want to be playing our best baseball come the end of the year. And the biggest and one of the biggest variables in that is keeping everybody fresh. Um, and, and fresh doesn't mean minimal playing time, but it means not redlining guys and running them in the ground. So I think Tory and, and the hitting group are going to be strategic in how they try to deploy guys and put them, put the players in the best position to find success. Um, and then from there, you know, there's enough, enough games to go around to make sure that everybody's getting their opportunities. Um, but I think the, from a matchup standpoint, we're excited about the talent and skills that we have and how they complement each other uh, really well as well. Mike, in terms of handling the pitching staff, how do you think Gabriel Marino is looking right now? Yeah, I think he's looking solid. Um, he, as a young kid, I think he's trying to come in and not be the person with all the answers, which I think is helpful. Um, I think sometimes that can, that can alienate guys at times. But at the same point, he knows that he needs to exude a level of confidence and trust and belief 
and the guys that are going to be towing the rubber for him. Um, so I think he's striking that balance well. And the other good thing is the from a familiar faces, it's you know the, the Davies, the Bumgarner, the basically everybody throwing in our rotation um, to start this year off. There's familiarity for them within this clubhouse as well. So there's less a new catcher and a new starting pitching rotation trying to get a feel for their dynamic. There's at least uh, some continuity on one end of that equation. And like we were saying earlier, between Carson and Jose being around, uh, Gabby as well, we think that'll that'll help him be more prepared in that area as well. Mike, just wanted to ask you about Drew Jones. I mean, I know he's he's not somebody that you're expecting to see really necessarily this year at the major league level, but he was working his way back from the injury. He got a couple of bats in in spring. Just, just can you update us on where he is? Yeah, so he's going to break camp uh, on schedule and head out to Visalia. Um, and yeah, it was it was great to see the again. Not that we want to have uh, get into a habit of our first draft choices going through these funky shoulder surgeries. Um, but similar to the uh, recovery road and or uh, work that uh, Corbin and Jordan put in, uh, Drew was, was right there with him and, and was able to accelerate his timeline and get out there on a normal minor league schedule. So, yeah, it was great seeing him out there yesterday. Uh, great seeing a couple of the other guys out there. We had a 17-year-old on a major league field yesterday, so that's always <laughs> kind of fun when you get a chance to see that and, and think about what, what other people were doing when they were 17 and not getting reps in a, in a major league spring training game. So um, we're excited about that group as well. For as much as the focus is obviously on the big league team, that's, that's what everybody's locked in on. Uh, it's, it's very cool that we got four other affiliates that are going to kick off here within the next week as well, and uh, we got a lot of baseball coming underway. Well, Mike, we appreciate the time. As always, thank you, and, and good luck this season, all right? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. That's, uh, that's Mike Fitzgerald, D-backs Vice President and Assistant GM, joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line ahead of opening day tomorrow. I'm going to revisit the game I played yesterday, Wolf. Did you turn in your roundtable questions yet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to tell me about I, this, this. this. I have been sent to tell oh, you, but I'm telling man. you on the air. My goodness. I, yes, I can tell you. On that. I put my, uh, my prediction number in. I'm... I went with 81. You went with 81? I'm going with 82. All right. We're going to be the two highest, I guarantee you. Yeah, of course. Right. Uh, Coming up next. people working there. Somebody's going to put in like 90. Coming up, all of today's top sports stories in one place. Wolf and Down Your Lunch is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.